listeners of fine scientific content, welcome to The Science Shed. Um, it's Steve here with a little preamble to tell you about what to expect from this week's podcast. So um, unfortunately, Nick uh, is a little bit busy at the moment because he's getting married, which apparently means he doesn't have time to come and hang out with me and talk about stupid science things. Um, so we've got a bit of a kind of a, an interstitial podcast this week, really. And in fact, what it is, is um, it's uh, part two of our bug special. So last week, uh, Nick and I were in the South Bank Centre in London. We went to go and see um, Adam Buxton's uh, bug show. Uh, so we thought we'd do a bug special talking about some uh, science related to bugs and insects um, and we did a bit of that but we had some left over so um, that's what this podcast is about um, uh, this week we're talking about how I uh, drunk applied for a job at Google uh, yeah that totally happened and um, how uh, Nick uh, has been um, we'll talk about Nick's cat so so regular listeners of the show will not have come across Nick's cat before um, but what we'll try and do is we'll try and get Nick to take a picture of the cat so you can see it Anyway, um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you like the Science Shed, uh, as uh, we hope you all do, uh, please follow us on Twitter. Um, tell us you love it. Um, hashtag Shedlings. And we'll send you a sticker. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so we're at the Science Shed on Twitter. I'm Steve the Chemist. Um, and Nick is at the Evans Lab. Um, uh, but that's probably enough from me. So uh, I guess we'll get on with it. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Combustion. Why Do We Need, Patrick, Oscar, Bay. Isaac, Newton, Transplanting. Steve, I'm a bit hassled. Why are you hassled, Nick? Oh, I've just come across London. He looks, he's, all, he's, he's, a bit, he's a bit hot and bothered. He's just, he's, you can see he's, a bit, he's kind of in, in a rush. I've had a really long day. I, I had a number of things to do today. Now, I live in Salisbury now and I work in Southampton, so that's a slightly logistical... It's logistically irritating. Right. So I had to get up really early, okay. like six twenty. <laughs> that's that's pretty early for you. It's pretty well. Normally I would get up a bit later than that, maybe ten to seven. That's not bad. Because the reason I had to, <laughs> this is going to rapidly become extremely. Boring. <laughs> You're going to take us to the your morning routine. Had to walk to the station rather than. <laughs> It's a good I, I like the way we just we really are pushing the boundaries of innovative content for, for podcasts. Anyway, and then I yeah I went to the station. I had to go to a meeting at the hospital at nine, yeah. and then come back from the hospital to go back to Southampton station. Then I had to come into London. Yeah, I would say to see you, but not really. Thanks, had a mate. had a science meeting. Yeah, well, it wasn't a science meeting. I'm uh, an external ex- examiner at UCL now. Right. So what they does that have. Mean? Well, they, it basically means if you have a course like an MSc or an undergrad BSc. So you're, you're in control of people's futures. Well, I will be because I, they're handing it over to me. So the old uh, external was still there. And um, they basically they go through all of the marks for the year. And it's to ratify them, to check all the marks are fine and nothing dodgy's going on. Right. And so you've got basically, but <laughs> it's so boring. I mean, this is, this is probably what it's like to have a normal job. <laughs> These sorts of things, like doc- an admin, you just sit in a room for like two hours, and there's an Excel spreadsheet projected, yeah, on the, and it's got a coded list of students, and then they're marked okay. horizontally, and you go through them and you say, yeah, yeah they're within John, the framework, fifty-four percent, and that Dave, part, that 31%. component is less than that component. Is that fair? Let's 
well, let's go back and look at their individual right, marks. Right. So, the, so, so I suppose it's important that there is that process. It's very important that people kind of have the opportunity. I to, think that, that if you think about their marks and they're not just the kind of they're not just a, a number on a spreadsheet, but I think that if you were, um, yeah, if you if you were a, a student and you saw that going on, you'd be quite satisfied with the fairness, right? Okay, everyone gets a fair go, and like you sort of go along it and you check all the marks and you check them and you try and if they're borderline, yeah. You'll talk about them, and often you'll try and sort of, well, how can we move them do, up? Do you Is interview that fair? Them? No. That no. goes on before the exam. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, well, so it went well, did it? It was all right. <laughs> I mean, it was really boring. But, I mean, at the same time, it was kind of useful to see how it worked. Yeah. And um, there's a wide variety of people in the room, as usual, sort of. <laughs> you know what academics like. I do, yeah, I've met a few. Yeah, so there's a variety of different people but generally they were they were very reasonable we had a chat so how did the students do did they do well oh uh, yeah the average mark was like in the high two ones high two ones we, and then we had a lot of discussion about so, so it's a bit so too high don't know, that's a b isn't it basically the two ones are b yeah kind of so yeah it's like below s- anything above 70 is really good yeah that's like a distinction in an msc yeah and then between 60 and 70 is a merit but anyway, this is quite a boring subject, so let's not dwell on it too long. But anyway, that's where I was. And then I had to come back down here. I had a quick pint with um, the guy who is the, the course leader. Right. And then I'm with you. Hooray, we're but here. But I'm a bit hassled. All right. And I've had a couple of beers, really. Oh, really? Well, oh, that's me. why you're a bit burpy. A bit yeah, jumpy. burping it out. So, um... All right. <laughs> anyway. So you've done some science, so let's talk about some science. Yeah, okay, let's, let's move on. Nick. Yes, Steve. So, so I'm just finishing sending a message. So uh, my phone. That's all right. Because I'm a lackadaisical individual. We need filter needs to text. We should be podcasting. Um, so I've got I've got some science science for you. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Google. So Google. Google. Do you know where the name Google comes from? Uh, it's from it's a mis uh, it's a bastardization of the word Google, which is a ten to the to the hundred. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Thanks. Did you watch University Challenge on Monday night? No. That was one of the questions. Well, I would have got that right. Yeah, I didn't know in so much detail as you, but I did know that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was a misspelling. Yeah, yeah it's E-L rather than L-E, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, they've got... So, you know, Google now has been reorganised. It's got Alphabet, which is like the parent company, and Google's underneath it. But no. one of their un- is that to avoid paedophilia charge no, no but one of the sub companies they've got a company called uh, Verily I think or, um, which is their life sciences division oh right? yeah and uh, have you applied for a job yet there Steve uh, do you know what a drunk applied for a job there about two years ago I didn't hear anything uh, I, I think, I think gen- generally applying for jobs drunk is not a very good idea I think Just doing cover any letter. I think doing any <laughs> work related stuff well, drunk is never a good yeah, idea I think you're right particularly sending you emails you need to not yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I have, I'm podcasting now. Is this work? This isn't work. What do you mean? This what isn't work? No, 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 no. No, I've had two beers, so yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I said the word... <coughs> you said twice. You called me <coughs> twice in about ten minutes. It's all right, we can bleep it out. Jeez. Um, yeah, so Google, they've um, got this life sciences division. They're like, oh, you know, like for a while, a while ago, they showed they had like a glucose sensing... Um, oh, yeah, um, it's like a contact lens. A contact lens, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, they've got this new, new thing they're doing, right? They're releasing... Let me find exactly. I'm just going to get the, the exact number so I don't get it right. So yeah, Google. They are they are taking. They're releasing 20 million male mosquitoes into the wild uh, in California. 
Whoa. Yeah. So, so you know, normally there's quite often. So, so, so they got ethical approval. They've got ethical they? approval, but it's really interesting. So basically, the trouble is, is that they're, that there's a, they're getting a real problem with the Zika virus in California at the moment. I thought right? that was just in South America. No, it's moved. Oh no. Um, and it's predominantly because this one particular mosquito carries it. And uh, so, so what? So what the what these people have done is they've taken male mosquitoes, which don't bite, only the female mosquitoes bite. It's so trans- true in and life. Transmit. That, that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so what they've done is they've infected uh, uh, all of these millions of mosquitoes with a with a bacteria called Wolbachia. Have you heard Sorry, of this? Chewbacca. Wolbachia. Wolbachia. Yeah, or Wolbachia. Why? Um, so this is a uh, this is a bacteria that lives in the um, in the gonads of male uh, mosquitoes, and it makes them it makes them when they mate with female. Uh, other female mosquitoes it makes those those their offspring infertile see i'm always a bit dubious about um these types of you know ecological tinkering by well, trying but, to alter but, ecosystems but there's no okay true but there's no genetic tinkering so normally with these things quite often you hear in science is they've like they've upregulated a gene or downregulated a gene or something but they haven't done any monkeying no, around but All i'm not done. i'm not really talking about that i'm alluding to the fact that we try to introduce species to control other species yeah and it's always led to bloody horrible results. I don't know I why mean, I got to catch a fly to send a... Well, no, well, <laughs> the obvious ones are the myxomatosis, there yeah. was cane toads, yeah. rabbits in Australia. Exactly. They were mental. Have you seen what? those videos of the rabbits? Like, yeah. literally piles. Imagine a pile of rabbit bigger than a human. Wasn't there something like, it's like 23 pairs of rabbits were introduced into Australia? Like in, in like no yeah, and they, they just bred like yeah. mental. I'll I tell you another one that I heard about recently. I had a friend of mine... Yeah. Um, a colleague, Ed Sander, so he works in the States. Um, I think he listens to the podcast from time to time. Yeah, okay. But he said, because we were out cycling, he came over to Britain, he came out cycling, and there's a plant, a wild plant in England called garlic mustard, Jack by the Hedge. Right. Herb garlic. It's got three different common names. Okay. I'm, much, I'm enough That's of a good, geek. Good knowledge there. Good knowledge. Yeah, you rub the leaves, it smells of garlic. Yeah, anyway, yeah. in Britain, it's just hedgerow plant. It Probably the same person that you liked before. Got the loose in Iowa. Got loose in Iowa. It's it's just every it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> it's literally smothering all the other native wildlife. Really? So anyway, so that sort of thing. I mean, how do you know these gonad bacteria? They sound suspicious already. They live in your balls. <laughs> they don't live in your balls. They live in uh, mosquitoes. How they, do you know, Steve? Well, they, they, they might they, come into my balls. They've done a test. Well, they injected someone's balls. Well, I don't know where they injected the balls, but they. But but how do you know? What? They may live in your balls. Well, they did. I mean, I, I think Google, they may live in your balls. Um, but, you know, Google, it's quite a big thing to introduce, to, to, to perturb an ecosystem, like you say. And what they did, so they must have thought about it. I'm sure they, you know, it says they've done a, the test to make sure it's, there's right. very zero risk. They did a risk assessment. In fact, you can look at the they're risk, trying risk to make, assessment. They're trying to eliminate mosquitoes by making them infertile. Yeah, so the idea is you, 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 you release a load of uh, male mosquitoes, they go and do their business with all the girl, the girl mosquitoes, yeah. and then for a generation, all of those mosquitoes are infertile and they die out. Yeah, and that's yeah. the argument. They've got a life cycle of about nine days. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's kind of, it's normally, I, I kind of agree with you in principle, but like, you know, this kind of model of like, but there's, it of uh, like, you know, sending a spider to catch a fly, like it's always going to go <coughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a... Yeah, you never know. What, what if it works? What well, that'd be what great. It, so they said. Um, I mean, they have talked about making mosquitoes infertile for a long time, Mos- haven't they? Mosquitoes kill eight hundred thousand humans a year. It's by far the biggest. I'm surprised animal. that it's that few. To be honest, yeah. I would have thought it would be a lot more than that because malaria is so prevalent in parts of the world. Even though yeah. it's been eradicated, 
you know, people die of malaria all the time. Absolutely, yeah. So um, and mosquitoes don't just carry malaria. I can't, I can't remember the other disease, but they carry a lot more than malaria. So Wolbachia doesn't infest in humans, and they release the risk assessment, so you can actually look at it. So this is all done in Fresno. It's all in Fresno. There's one particular city, yeah, and they're going to try it out. I have with you. In well, fact. I hope it blows up, blows up. It's a shithole. <laughs> I didn't enjoy my time in Fresno. No. Well, it's one of those places in the middle of California where. The farmers sell Valley. irrigation equipment. <laughs> yeah, or like, or like, oh, you can buy like four hundred artichokes oh for a dollar. Oh my god! Um, well, but well, anyway, so, so the chief scientist there was a guy called Jacob Crawford, and he said, "Field studies allow us to test our discoveries and technologies in challenging real-world conditions and collect necessary evidence to bring them out to a broader scale." I'm suspicious of Google, Steve, <laughs> and everything it does. It's like a Bond villain <laughs> just waiting. You know, it's like Drax Industries. You know what they're? It's like I yeah. never know. I, I can Spectre. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> You know what their motto is at, at Google? Too powerful. It's, it's uh, do uh, no harm or something. Do, uh, do no evil. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. That's a cover. I mean, if you were the if you were the evilest company in the world, we're not you would evil. hide. Yeah. La la la. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna I'm gonna kill these. Just put this little bacteria. In it. Fucking, I bet the bacteria is gonna yeah. kill all. So yeah. So flies, bugs. So bugs, Steve. My well. cat's got fleas. <laughs> Frank. Frank. I love yeah. like Nick's listeners. Listen to all the shedlings out there. Nick's cat is uh, is Frank. He doesn't. He's a, he's a very simple cat. He just seems to like the, the simple pleasures in life. Of yeah, he's about. very. He's so not a complex character. He's, he's a black. <laughs> yeah, you know some cat, some cats have a real complex personality. He's a lovely cat. I love him to bits. He's like he's like a um, dog in a cat's body. A dog and a cat. Yeah, exactly. You can manhandle him. Yeah, but like quite a dumb dog. Like a kind he's of a like very like simple like cat. Like a like a like a chocolate lab. He's a, he's big and overweight, and he's a tomcat, and yeah. he just sort of slumps around. And if you pick him up in any way, even Doesn't in a care. what looks like a painful way, he'll just purr and <laughs> half close his eyes. So he's got fleas. He's got a bug. Got bloody fleas. He's got a bug. Oh, it's disgusting, Steve. Right. I mean, we we actually we went away on holiday quite recently for ten days, and we put him in, in a cattery. Yeah, we put him in a cattery, and um, he came out of the cattery, and he's got fucking fleas. Uh, I'm not happy about it. Anyway, he got the fleas. We came back. We gave him. We'd, we'd given. I'd literally given him. So when you give when a cat's. So if you've got a cat, every month you treat the cat. Yeah. So you get this give little, little stuff. No, it's not a pill actually. Yeah, right. It's like a little tube or sachet of stuff. Yeah. And what you have to do, it's like a liquid, and it smells bad. What is it? Um. You've got to squirt it between the shoulder blades yeah. onto the surface of the skin. So you've got to try and get it. Frank, you know what? You know I said he's a simple cat and he's he very... He doesn't he like really, being... If there's one thing that he hates... It's someone oh messing with his shoulder God, blades. Oh, my God, he hates it. And he knows when it's coming. <laughs> you can see the panic in his eyes. Yeah, he really despises... Even though it's just a bit of liquid between his shoulder blades, yeah. he despises it. Is it anyway, how it smells or something? I think it's some... Yeah, yeah, his eyes close and he twitches and he right. turns... Anyway, before we went in the cattery, he, we'd given it, him the flea treatment like, you know, three or four days before we went in. Right. It was just time to do it. Yeah. Anyway, we get him out of the cattery. We're in bed, you know, in the house. He's scratching a bit more than normal. Right. And then I think, oh, no, because he's had fleas before a long right. time ago. And it's like, oh, I really hope he hasn't got bloody fleas again. He's got fucking fleas, hasn't he? Right. So, like, so you how, see how you on the... It? Well, you see little bits of black flea mat, fecal matter... Right. On your sheets. And then you sometimes see little larvae, little sort of sort of wormy type things. Right. And occasionally you just see a bloody flea. Just jumping them out. Crawls onto the bedspreads. And Ew. It's repulsive. You're lying in bed. You're Ew. Anyway, I hate them. 
Anyway, the fact is, we 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 treated him. Yeah. And he still got fleas. So I thought, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just put another treatment on. Double it up. So this was about two weeks later. So I advanced the treatment two weeks. Put more flea treatment on. Left it like a week again or something. Yeah. He's still got fucking fleas. In bed, bloody great insects jumping around. It's disgusting. He's scratching. I got the comb out. I combed through. It's like a really fine comb. Yeah. comb it. You pull it through his fur. You look at it. There's bloody horrible shiny insects like wobbling around. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe there's some problem with the. So we can use science stuff. to fix it. Well, I had a look. I thought, How well, does it work? You know? well, okay, right. So this spot-on stuff—it's called things like Advantage or Frontline, and okay. it's all got the same thing in it. It's called fipr- fipronil is the active ingredient. And you're a chemist, Steve. That's yeah. a picture of fipronil. So I'm showing Steve a picture of the molecule. Okay. Here. So it looks like it looks like a, to honest, it looks like a pharmaceutical compound. It's got a load of fluorines in it. It's very unusual. complex. So, yeah. it's a technical it's class. Like azide in, which is a, a phenyl phenyl pyrazole. Apparently, yeah, that's, that's what that's the, the pyrazole, and that's the phenyl. Okay, well, we can put this up later on. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a molecule which, and it's in pretty much all or some a derivative of it is in all flea killing treatment. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know. There were resistant insects get resistant to pesticides. I knew that anyway, so I started googling and I found loads of crap on the website about the fact that fleas are becoming resistant to the flea treatment. And there were strange, there were like mega. Here's a head. Here's one on a website. Is it known how it works? Here, now how fleas are becoming chemical resistant mutants (laughs) like that. And I thought, well, this is quite. Even though it was on a non-reputable website, I thought, well, maybe that's true, right? Because. If you expose something for long enough, you just select for ones which are sure. able to live so through just, it. So just like we have, for instance, antibiotic resistance, exactly. you know, whereby you know you you, know, you kill them nearly all of the uh, all of the bacteria, but some of them have some mutation that allows them to survive. You could do the same thing with fleas. Anyway, so I I, I thought, well, I'll have a look on the internet. So I started doing some research. Yeah. Thinking it's a whole well, world of pain. Well, there. the first thing to note is that a lot of insects are resistant to pesticides, and actually fleas are resistant to common like organophosphates, things like um, you yeah. know. So, you, so you, you would use on your you spray on, on, on crops. The farm, yeah. Yeah, and carbamate. So they are resistant to them. So well, maybe they're resistant to fibrinol as well. It's quite a controversial area, and there's lots of. I looked at publications oh, and websites on vets and all that. I, sp- I suppose th- these kind of areas are really interesting, actually, in science, because, because there's a commercial aspect to them, huge commercial aspect. I mean, particularly for crops and things, but also for stuff like this. It's a bit sometimes quite harder to find the information in the literature, in the scientific literature, because if you're a company and you've got some special version of, of your flea treatment that will just stop um, your cat getting infected, then why would you publish that and let people know? What you do is you keep it and you commercialise it and you make exactly. millions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the bottom line is... So, so what's happened to Frank? Well, I think that I, I did a bit of reading around it, and um, these compounds, they work by um, binding to GABA receptors. Right. Um, it's similar to a lot of the organophosphates as well. GPCR. These other. Yeah. What? The GABA is GPCR, right? What? Well, what's a GPCR? <laughs> no, no fucker out there is going to know what GPCR is, dude. Okay. All right, well, it's very Can't just throw in GPCR and expect people to know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just reprimanded by <laughs> We could explain it, but I just feel so embarrassed now, full of shame. I'll just tell them simply. GPCR yeah. is a protein that sits on the membrane of cells. Yeah. Anyway, so um, these uh, uh, molecules, they bind to the GABA receptor and they kind of make the insects sort of 
overstimulated, they know it's like paralysis. Almost. Right, okay, so, so there's a little sensor on the surface yeah. of the cells and this molecule sticks to it, yeah, basically. Yeah. But anyway, the, 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 they have, there, are mu- there are mutations in it, um, right. in this receptor, which confers resistance in fleas to um, the organophosphate. Do you know what you should do? <laughs> You've got to get the flea and sequence it, haven't you? You should do it. Well, I'll tell you what happens. So it's actually quite <laughs> So reading around the subject, it's quite hard to study fleas because you can't keep them in the lab very easily to start with. What? You can't. Can I just keep a load of cats you know in the lab? That's exactly <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you got to keep got to keep cats, cats infected. You got to keep cats that got fleas. So somewhere on them there's to like study a, there's a lab with all these like franks all lined up, yeah. and they're all like they're all just like crawling. They're probably a lot less happy than Frank. Let's be honest. <laughs> wow. you can, they've tried to do it with mice, but just mice are just not very good yeah. for. They just it's not in a good environment. Well, it's called the cat flea. Right. If you're interested, the Latin name is I can't even pronounce this. Tenocephalides felis felis. Wow. That's the cat flea. Anyway, so they, they don't live on mice very well. They've, they've produced, so they have produced artificial, like, cat skin for them. It's like a membrane with some food underneath the membrane. So, so the <laughs> fleas sort of bite through the membrane and eat the food underneath. Wow. So it's like a surrogate thing. So you make a little, like, animal. It's very difficult to keep live fleas. What, they tend, what you tend to do, so what, what I found out that people do to test the effectiveness of these fleas, yeah. you have laboratory strains, which you know about. Of fleas? Yeah, but you store the eggs. Right. So the eggs will keep very well. And in fact, a flea egg, I found out, 18 days it takes to hatch. Okay. So they lie around on your carpet. So even if you, this is part of the reason why I think cat, cat Frank's right. got fleas. Because it's about snakes. It's about doing vacuuming and cleaning all of your sofas all the bloody time. That's right. a problem because the fleas just keep hatching and they get back on the cat again. Or you could just go on holiday for three weeks. Exactly. Take, maybe take we Frank on a holiday. Well, maybe we'll take him to a cattery that doesn't have fleas. <laughs> that might be an option. <laughs> Was it just because you're a cheap bastard <laughs> and you got the cheap one? It didn't take him to it's the fancy. Bloody cheap you didn't go to the five star no. hotel. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't a cheap. Anyway. Uh, so you can keep the eggs for sort of three weeks. There you go. 16 to 18 days. People store them. Um, and then you can, you can basically, what they do is they soak a filter paper in the compound that they yeah. think will work. And then they see how toxic it is. And basically fleas are just as resistant now as they always have been to Me. these compounds. Right. Um, and companies regularly do and this is where it comes if you look on the internet everyone says oh my cat's resistant to blah 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 uh, of and course, everyone's but going mental about it it's just the incubation it. time basically it's bullshit the, no, right. no one's no fleas are not resistant bad, bad signs to it Fle- they're just, not resistant pe- to it it's the fact that it, they're just persistent fleas are and it's quite difficult to get rid of them even if the compound's working because they, they, they have this like yeah maybe anyway um, yeah so what was I going to say um yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank, Frank, so Frank's doing okay though. That's what we need to know. That's what the listeners are interested in. That's what I'm interested in. Is Frank yeah, Frank's okay better. Now? Oh, this is what I was going to say. So companies do this all the time. So um, one of the main um, sort of fo- companies that make the chemicals, they study them. So they do field studies. Yeah. There's a bit of a conflict here, of course, as you can see. Indeed. So they, you go out into the environment, and you sample the fleas, and yeah. you test the toxicity against the laboratory strains, and there's just no difference, and the difference has not changed right over the years. So so they're fine. So it's not. So it's bullshit. They're not resistant. And so it's like, it's like this. so you basically just recreated my uh, mos- how do mosquito how does deep work in mosquito? Exactly. So the fleas like are just jumping on and off Frank all the time. Right. And we need to do vacuuming better. We could maybe buy a better vacuum. Do you know how many vacuum cleaners we've got in their house at the moment? Three. 
Exactly. How do you know? I know. It was a guess. Got one for each floor. It's <laughs> <laughs> so middle class. A Dyson for every. It's floor. not by design. It's just we've we've had one vacuum cleaner and we thought this is not good enough. We've got another one, and I don't like. You buy cheap, you buy away. twice, Nick. Buy cheap, you buy twice. We, to be honest with you, we've, bought thrice we've got a, we've got a very good Hoover, yeah. and now we've got like one of these three hundred quid plug-in jobbers that we right. haven't bought cheap. Maybe the first one was cheap because we we bought it a long time ago. Well, we did bought it. And well, we you didn't have Frank. And we didn't have Pro. Frank, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Bugs. Bugs. Hello. So that that's the end of the bug special. Ooh. So now we get to go and see Adam Buxton. Bovo is waiting for us. Melissa Bovis. She's a long-term friend of the podcast. We've heard, she is, she, um, uh, we've, I met someone last night who I had met up from Twitter. Oh, yeah. And I told her about the podcast. And she sent me a tweet today. She said, you've got a new listener. So that's, oh. how, that's how you build a listening audience there, Nick. One at a time. Is she cracking on to you? Is that what's no. going on there? No. no, don't say that. Because now we can't put this in the end of the extra. Why not? <laughs> She was off. We had a really good chat. Why can't we put that in the extra? Because we can't. It doesn't affect anything if someone's <laughs> cracking on to you. Well, I am a sexy mum, <laughs> so I can't blame anyone. <laughs> no, we really. definitely can't put it in the extra. <laughs> <laughs>